Hi guys and welcome on your Una series podcast. Today I am, as always, so happy and honored to be sitting in front of Katie Miller, the co-founder of Una series, our health and wellness platform that we have now put together about a year ago. And it's been an amazing journey and we keep having these conversations. And this is one for all of us because I feel that apart from very few people, we all have to work. And we were thinking now that we're in the midst of it, both of us working hard on this new, not so new venture, we're asking ourselves, do we live to work or do we work to live? And I think this is really a question that everyone has to, or has had a question on themselves. They must have thought that at some point. Katie. Hello. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for bringing me to your podcast table. I'm really excited for this. Tell me right now, without thinking too much, and we're all going to go into all the details, but do you think that at this present moment, you live to work or you work to live? Currently, I am living to work. And I would say that it's taken me... I'm, we're not going to overthink it, but I think it's, you know, it's taken me a while to get to this position. Um, I said to you before this, I've thought a lot about this question in this podcast, and I want everybody listening to know that either way you go, there is no wrong answer. Both lanes, working to live or living to work, can be very empowering. So I want this discussion that we're going to be having today just to pique your curiosity to get you to be and feel empowered in whatever decision it is that you've made. That's the best way. I mean, there, we will find a balance in this, but let's think about what it means and what those the kind of two definitions in a way mean. I feel that if we say you work to live, you have somehow decided, or maybe life has decided for you to this point, that your enjoyment and life is elsewhere. So basically, work is a means, and then you go, you do what you have to do, and then you try and get contentment, emancipation, joy even, or love outside of work. Yes. Which, obviously, it's a bit, we can nuance all this. But what I'm thinking here is that we know, we've just looked uh, in the research for the show, that on average, people on this planet work eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, that's 2,000 hours a year. And that's a lot of time to not be enjoying yourself. So we have to think about how we're going to balance it the other way around and find that to go to the extreme, which is the work to live, we can then divide this in, I guess, two ideas. And you, I'm sure you have people around you like this, or maybe even yourself. So either were, there's, there's a point where your, your family, your loved ones or your friends will say, you know, you've been, you've been consumed by your work, you know, it's eating you alive. And often that comes when you start having signs of health dysfunctions. This is usually the first sign. So here we're talking on the fine line between being engaged in your work and then being consumed by it. But there's another side of people who work to live who are actually literally thriving in their work. They found themselves in there. And as, as the saying, you know, if you love your work, you'll never work a day again. So I think all of us, well, that's certainly what I believe, if you could get there to love what you do every day, knowing how much it takes, 
you may be in a great place, but can you do this and not then fall into the overworking space and the burnout that can then affect your health physically, mentally for sure, but also how do you find the same balance of this reward and I guess adrenaline rush and satisfaction that work at that intensity gives you back home? That's the problem. And I think that's a lot of people fall into some kind of addiction. Like we've talked about addiction to stress, which seems a bit dichotomic, but people do have this problem. I think people also can have an addiction to the sense of high performance, achievement. So I think that for you, I want to come back to you because you are this incredible, incredible hardworking woman, so loyal to your family and your work. You've started a huge business now, I think it's fair to say. All of that trying to balance a very incredible family life. I just happen to know, so it's easy. But, you know, your husband, your two kids, your two dogs now, you know, you keep adding on to the mix. And I'm here struggling most of the time to put my life in balance, thinking of all these different points. And I'm watching you juggling it all with great ease. So you must have a secret that you need to share with us, or with me at least. I think the reality is that it is a juggle and it's never balanced, right? The way that I might show it outward is that I find joy in the chaos. I do. I truly find joy in the chaos. And I think that's because I find, you know, you carve out the expectations that you want within every pocket of your life, right? My expectations for my job, for my marriage, for my children, for myself, they're constantly moving and shifting and evolving. And like you said, you know, finding that balance between the two and the joy between the two. But one of my biggest things is also having boundaries, right? And when things do tend to get a bit overwhelming, it's coming back to those boundaries and knowing that, you know, Sometimes if, if we are pleasers, which we are, right, we want to do the right thing. We want to get all the boxes ticked in every aspect of our life. But sometimes when you're driving hard in your box ticking lane, in one lane specifically too much, you then start forgetting about your other lanes. And I can say this outwardly because I've been there, right? I've done that. I've seen that when I haven't had a routine for the kids and I've almost let that go where they feel a little bit lost in themselves. And I've had to set my boundaries and take ownership that, you know, they need that leader. They need someone right now leading them, you know, through, through life. And it's a very big statement to make. And that's just one element of my life, but I've kind of tried and I am trying to weave in and out through work and, you know, my personal life because I have made the decision to pair them together. And so many people say to me when I say I work with my husband, you know, how do you and Danny do it? And I'm like, do you know what? It has been such a work in progress to get to this point today. It was never easy. It was difficult at the beginning to figure out, you know, where we find our feet. He became a Mr. Ma, a Mr. Dad. You know, I don't think that he expected to have to jump into those shoes of becoming my right hand teammate through dropping the kids at school and taking the dogs for a walk and going and doing the grocery shopping and coming home and having a chat about work. And then it's constant, right? But we made a conscious decision early on to say, we want to enjoy work. We want to enjoy our kids. We've made that 
decision to have a family, how can we do it to the best of our ability, feeling that we're both here to support each other, but also we feel, especially with the kids, that we know best, right? We want to be able to lead them and guide them in the best way that we can so that they're finding fulfillment and enjoyment. But there's also those times where the boundaries have to come in because we're only two people, right? And we can't do it all. So so hang on, I love, I, thank you for sharing this personal side of your life and professional side of your life. I, I'm, so what are the boundaries? Because I think that's what people will, some kind of practical idea or tool. Because when do you, coming back to you, when did you feel that this was going too far? So coming back to the expression and you know, the, the fine line being between engaged in your job and then being consumed by it. Where, what was the, the alarm there? Was it physical? Was it from outside? Was it Danny, for example? Was it your family? Was it, or did you know that I'm, I think I'm pushing it a little bit now and I start to feel it? My sleep is changing. I'm irritable, for example, or my digestion is changing, or I'm not as patient with my kids. Where, where did you, where did you feed it? All of those. <laughs> Let's just be honest with everybody listening before, you know, going into this entrepreneurial journey, I worked in corporate and I climbed that corporate ladder hard. You know, I did find joy and fulfillment in achievement and getting somewhere, but then also in the corporate world, not really getting anywhere and feeling sometimes this lack of appreciation and this drive that I felt I had so many great ideas I wanted to give, but, you know, sometimes they were falling short. So, you know, I think that had I stayed in that lane, thinking about, you know, it now, there would have definitely been some comforts and, you know, some certainty in that choice if I would have made it. And I would have been able to find joy within that. But I chose to, you know, flip everything on its head and go into the entrepreneurial side. So the balance now, I would say, and any entrepreneur listening can definitely vouch for this, you know, you make a commitment within a journey to start a business and you end up going from 40 hours a week to extending yourself into 60 hours a week. Your life becomes your work. Your work becomes your life. Every conversation you have, you know, you are a leader and a champion of your own mission, so to speak, right? That you're on when you're launching a business. And like you were saying, Boniface, you know, your friends, your family, you know, comments are, are thrown around sometimes from people who maybe didn't do the entrepreneurial journey or don't understand, um, you know, all of that commitment that goes into it. But the best way for me to set those stops into place is when I notice that either I am lacking in motivation, or I've got, you know, those voices of self doubt, which are constant, and they happen all the time. It's again, reaching back into your back pockets. And how I do that is I tap into conversations that I know, I have, you know, safety in my voice, I have safety in hearing critiques back from, you know, somebody who I feel I trust, and can give me some clear perspective, because we do need that. And I have those people who I reach out to when I need parenting advice, when I need relationship advice, when I need work advice, you know, there's all of this. And that's what I found within Una. It's been such an incredible support network because I've met so many amazing entrepreneurs on their own journey who come into Una, who we collaborate together and we have discussions to, again, fuel each other to continue to move forward. But it 
it's a balancing act. You know, this podcast is about work-life balance. And I feel that there's never, there might be a solution for a period of time, but then you're always going to have to, you know, continue to balance your expectations. I, I, you know, I agree with everything you say. I'm just going to structure something here. I realize you mentioned boundaries, which I want to come back on. You mentioned something very interesting, which is the sense of community. And I think the sense of community in having those lighthouses or those the shining stars in your life where you know you can refer to for this advice. I love that, that you, you call them a lighthouse. For. That's so nice. Uh, I, I, I refer to them in this way because I like the way that we're on a boat floating around and also I love sailing but anyway this is it's very reassuring lighthouse you know is this is the signal that you know that you're going you recognize something whereas before when you're in the middle of the sea it's only the stars but what's interesting here is that community works outside and inside especially when you and I in this instance are working into an idea of, of building a business and we'll speak about entrepreneurial here but also we'll speak about what it is and how it is to manage when you're an employee, which is the major, most number of people working on this planet are employees. So we'll, we'll come back to this in a minute. But as entrepreneur or as people trying to build something in instance business, you have to find a way to have people in your life, personal life balance that you can ask, but also you need the same thing inside. And you mentioned this, you know, you have to be able to not be over consumed by your job, especially when you're married with someone and working together in the same place, to also trust other people to do the job that maybe you know you're not the best at. Because at the beginning of an adventure like this, you kind of do everything. I think you, especially you, Katie, you know, you like perfection, so you like to do everything and you have your fingers in every every part, which is amazing, but that's where it becomes complicated. And the letting go is the real skill, finding people, of course, but once you have found them, I think to be able to let them thrive and find their space in their job is this. And I believe that being one of the real assets of being a manager or a founder, but also coming back now to the employees is, I took this quote from a, a big CEO and I think what was interesting is that he said, what I like is going around my company and I ask random employees in every department and I come behind him and say, why are you doing this? And I want them to answer because I've decided that this is the best thing to do. So what he was implementing here is to say that everyone in his company should at any point to the working, obviously they're working in a strategy, but whatever they do there is their own decision making. And when you think about that, this is the freedom that we were talking about before where a lot of the jobs, especially for the people who work to live, have probably disengaged from the idea of their work. And what that means is that then you get a bit stuck. You're not thriving on your creativity. So these things that are the fundamental engine of the humans, right? We talk about movement all the time, movement, the physical movement, but also the mental motion. The movement you of your thoughts. Yeah. Exactly. If you're thinking, creating, thinking of an idea that you can materialize in whatever is your medium of work, then it's never really boring, you know, because you're challenged in an intellectual, cognitive way. You can find reward because the people who are surprised by your creativity will show reward in most cases. And I think that's the thing that is interesting is how much freedom can you find in a 
in employment and what kind of work allows you to do this and to finish with this what was interesting when we were thinking about this is the idea of decision making because you if you're lucky enough you you've been educated and you've studied to a certain point and that allows you some kind of choice um, and you make a decision to take this job or that one of course you don't have that much choice when you start but the more you kind of grow into your profession i guess you have more choices then the once you stepped in and you become an employee choices come very scarce and then you've been being moved left and right by the machine and we can think about it here as an example because we both live in london for a while this big finance world where i think very clever people maybe came in for the wrong reasons which were an idea of success attached to materialistic accumulation and then they were realizing there's a mission be bigger than every human this kind of real big machine of money which just would go and go and crush everyone on its way regardless of their emotions their feelings but also even their identity which is a big difference so when you feel the machine doesn't even consider you as a human but just as a just a little step to to step on to go further you lose your sense of worthiness and i think that's where it becomes really dangerous this is where work becomes dangerous um to i'm talking here about health because you will show signs of that loss of worthiness anxieties we're talking about before problems sleeping very quickly very quickly digestive issues because remember that digestion is absorption so when you're surrounded by a, a context that you don't really want to let in your secure place your stomach your digestive system is going to say no thank you you start having real issues with absorption and what will that lead to not enough nutrients not enough immune system and then you trickle down into weakness and then once the door is open you will start having calls you'll start having flu you start having depression you know we know this thing so it's a matter of as you said at the very beginning finding a balance between the two if you can will also have to be really acknowledging the people who work first because they have to and then eventually can weave through the workspace to find a place where they can express their creativity express their their singularity as an identity identity as a human which i think this is what we all crave from us just becoming three, four, five years old. That's what we want. We want people to see us. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. My three-year-old says all the time. Look what I can do. And she's just lifting one leg up. You know, that's she wants that affirmation that I've acknowledged some kind of performance, to, to call it that. And I think this is the same thing in work, isn't it? You want some gratification, but not in a way of Instagram of scrolling down and having gratification all the time, but something a bit deeper and that sense of worthiness. So I, you know, there is no right answer here. I think we, we, we're kind of, we're ourselves trying to, but. It's a, it's a curious conversation. And, you know, I did a podcast on Una series with the founder of Varley, Lara Mead. And, you know, one of her best pieces of advice was, you know, find people who, you know, join as a part of your business who know things that you don't know. And, you know, that for me has been one of the most empowering parts of this process through when I worked in corporate and I was an employee to now being an entrepreneur, you know, in every aspect of my work 
journey, I have found people who have been very interesting to me. And I know one of our podcasts, I said to you, all my friends that I'm friends with, there's something in them that I wish I was in myself. And I find that that's where I really thrive off of learning from people and soaking things up as I'm going along through life in any respect, inside of work, outside of work, right? So it's finding that joy, but also you're right, acknowledging when the stops have to be put in place for you to acknowledge your own physical, mental, and social well-being. And this is why, you know, these conversations are here to inspire, you know, a different thought process or empowerment in somebody who's listening to this, who is creative, who, you know, I say to you, I challenge you, get out and use your voice, you know, speak within the workplace, you know, share your ideas, step to the front. You know, that was always one of my biggest things that, you know, I was told when I walked into a ballet workshop, you know, with an amazing choreographer was step to the front. And it was so hard to get to the front because I was like, ah, there's so many amazing dancers in this room. I don't feel worthy to step to the front. But it was like, if you didn't do it, and if I didn't do it, I would be at the back and I would miss all of that interaction. And, and I, I, I was never the best, right? And I, you know, I was always self-conscious of not being that, but I had so much fun and I thrived in building those relationships and being curious, stepping up forward. So, you know, that's what I would encourage people listening, you know, is just to use your voice and to listen to Listen to your body and how it's responding in situations because you did a great podcast about, you know, seeing how you interact when you walk into a room and when you walk into a space. And I feel this is very relevant as well with work-life balance. You know, see how you feel when you walk into the office. Think how you feel when you walk into your home after your day of work. And, you know, if some of those emotions and feelings don't match up, well, get, get talking, get communicating. You know, I'm such a big believer in sharing your voice out with trusted individuals who might be your partner or your brother or your sister or your work, you know, mate, just to share how you're feeling because that's where I feel the magic happens within that collaboration of community and communication. And, you know, sometimes I feel we can achieve so much through those conversations. Absolutely. That's why I speak to you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, learning. It's such a learning but progress. Coming back to, to this, because there's a very interesting point here, is that when you wanted to try and make a shift in your life, would it be your work life? You have to try and work simultaneously on all the different avenues that can help you to get there. And you've just mentioned the body, the posture, the way you hold yourself, your gaze. And these things can be totally, I wouldn't say learn because then people think there's some, a, a side of manipulation in it, which is not at all that. It's just delivering yourself in a different way, which means that you've made that brave decision to engage further, like stepping forward of that dance class. You know, it takes a little bit of bravery because you all the things you know all the signs are telling you don't do it don't do it your body wants to keep you back so it is purely the advice from another teacher that will push you forward and i'm thinking this is something we i think we really try in a series to share with people is that work a bit on your flexibility work a bit on your strength work a bit on your endurance work a bit on your posture when suddenly this comes through your body 
whether you want it or not, it's an unconscious process. You will feel a little bit more space in your mind to be able to access those next steps of like, okay, this is a big meeting. There's so-and-so, you have all your expectations, you have your apprehensions, but for some reason, because you know, you've been showing up for the last six weeks or six months, you will be able to take it. And, and I've heard something really interesting about habits, which I want to share with you. you know, if you're doing well now is that you were, do, you were really killing it six months ago. And my point is a habit, like work is a habit because it's, a habit is nothing else than something that we repeat every day. And since we go to work every day, it has to be considered a habit. And we also can change those habits or at least our relationship to them in like any habit, what, you know, what you crave, what you eat, the, what, how the way you breathe. We talk about this all the time, but work is a habit. I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. The relationship you have with your habits, that's a prime example of a boundary. It's a healthy boundary, you know, and this was Brené Brown is one of my favorite authors and I love reading, you know, her books, but she talks a lot about, you know, feeling empowered within your boundaries and you know learning that changed a lot of my perspective on work life balance and relationships because i am a yes person i pretty much say yes to everything because i find adventure in that and joy in that but i think too you know there has to be some learned boundaries and behaviors where i have to say no to certain things because actually my productivity and maybe my efforts and my energy is misplaced at those times so here we are, my work-life balance, and it's that constant discussion and finding it. And, you know, I was so excited to do this podcast because, like you said, you and I talk a lot about collaborating and these ideas that we have for Una, and we use a lot of our own personal experiences, and we weave that through because we also treat, you know, a lot of incredible humans on this planet who share their trust and their stories with us. So it's very exciting to see, okay, we're, we're all moving forward. We're all within this space, you know, at different rhythms, at different points. But, you know, we are going to be changing and fluxing through, you know, some, some great moments and some moments where we need a bit more support. And that's where we're here in this collaboration to find that balance. So we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to try and say a few things and you have to add on where I'm not going to be remembering it all. Number one, boundaries. You need to identify them, set them, and make them grow into a habit. As in, you have to understand that this is the new boundary and you have to thrive within them. Number two, I would say if the signs that maybe you're not in the best place in work could be the, the sense of losing your worthiness. That's number one for me. Number two, that there's no place for your creativity. There's no place for you to grow. You're just following... I guess, orders to really stigmatize it. But number three, I want really to pinpoint what we discussed about people that live to work and this kind of frontier between being engaged and then being consumed. And what it means is, number one, listen to the lighthouses around you. Listen to your friends and to your family, to your loved ones. Usually, they are pretty accurate. If That's if they love you. That's usually what they do. But the last thing is to identify three of those patterns that could then fall into the lift to work side of things. And that's a bit insidious. And if you can identify this in yourself, then maybe you need to ask the question, is this the right way to be in a relationship with my work? And I'm talking here about 
people that are pleasers that say yes all the time is it my type and therefore is work in a way slowly taking advantage of me because this is my nature and i'm not saying that all the bosses here will take advantage but you know if you have an employee who says yes all the time usually you ask them a lot and they always say yes so it works number two remember that a lot of us will dive in because we're trying to escape from feelings that we don't like could be at home could be anxieties and we found a place at work where actually it works so we dive into it so much because we don't want to be in our in brackets personal life so if that is the case then we have to find a balance to get this personal life better for you and lastly addictions we talk about habits we talk about addictions all the time we get addicted to everything addicted to our phones we can get addicted to the high performance that can come from a really successful job because when you are great gratified for your success in closing deals in you know the, the adrenaline that comes with the last crunchy time of making a lot of money and boom you get it it's true that when you come back home you might not have such an emulation of adrenaline going around so you're like oh my home's a bit dull everyone's a bit dull at work at least bam 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 and th there must be some pleasure to that for those who do this but they have to understand that you know what the, the pleasures you get from a, a family time or a friendly time is different from that explosion so it's a bit more of a linear kind of happiness rather than an explosion. I think that if we, have we summed it all up? Have we forgotten something, Katie? You have nailed it. You have absolutely yeah. nailed it. Well done. I would only, last, I would, oh. oh, you go ahead. Well, the last thing obviously I haven't said is the, your, your body, right? When your body starts showing signs. Now it's the hardest thing because we never really link sudden insidious symptoms to actually their causes. So, but think about it. Oh, wow, I start having headaches. I'm having tension, tension physically, mentally. I start having, you know, I'm bored with my friends. I'm like, oh, I don't have time for this. You know, like the weird, not, it's not a disease yet. It's just a, a change, a change of how you feel next to the people that you used to feel happy or loved. That's a really little sign that is actually not little at all. And you have to really take it in and say, hang on a minute, why am I not having time with my best friend anymore? Obviously we're all changing in our lives, but when it's sudden, you have to question yourself. Something has changed. It's not it's strange that I'm reacting this way. So physical symptoms, emotional symptoms, and this is the one we count a lot on social symptoms. Am I different in my usual social circles? I'm not even talking family here, the friends I've made. That's a really important sign. And then you can adjust it because that's the beauty of it. We can always change things as long as we identify them. Yes. So we've no. said it all. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'm really excited for these. Thank you, and Katie. Yeah, of yeah. course. And Una, we've got some great, exciting things coming up in this next month. So stay tuned. Boniface, thank you for always leading the podcast world in Una. Well, not anymore because you are now leading the amazing founder series that which was is... that was pretty fun so if you guys haven't checked out the founder series there's some pretty great conversations in there with some incredible women who yes have come from many different backgrounds in the workforce and yeah it's inspiring to tap into so we look forward to hearing from you unas Thank you so much, Katie. You're welcome. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Obviously, this is an open conversation. We want to hear from you. 
because that's how we learn, that's how we grow, and that's why we are doing this, is to build a sense of community around these questions that we, we all have. So please come and share it with us. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.